to the caregivers. Because you care, someone has stayed out of long-term care or the foster care system. Because you care, someone's been able to stay in the comfort of their home. Because you care, someone has been able to feel part of a family. Because you care, someone's stress has stayed lower. Because you care, someone has stayed healthier physically and mentally. Because you care, someone doesn't feel alone. Because you care, someone feels safe. Because you care, someone's world is a better place. And today we wanna to talk about how you give care to you as well. Welcome back to another episode of It's Okay to Not Be Okay. This week, we are focusing on caretakers in the month of November. Um, like the whole theme, there's a big theme in the month of November, not just at LCS, but um, also, I guess, kind of like throughout our country, focusing on older adults and caretaker of older adults. And that's a big program we do here at LCS. So just wanted to spend some time talking about those who are caregivers, um, what that's like, what they need to watch out for. Um, so that's kind of our focus. Laura, have you ever been like a caretaker? I mean, other than being a mother, I guess. Um, <laughs> but like, have you taken care of somebody who was like aging or ill or I don't think I've had that experience in my life. No, I haven't. And we always joke that my brother and I would be the ones to put our parents into nursing homes. And so we're thankful that my brother married my sister-in-law because she was like, I'll wipe your butts. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. <laughs> so no, I have not been in that. I've, I've seen people like aunts taking care of mm-hmm. grandparent, like, especially more so on maybe David's side of the family, um, taking care of people or my grandma taking care of my grandpa and those kind of things, but not like you haven't been in that. Yeah. One. Yeah. I don't think you? I'd be a very good person to do that. No, I really haven't been in that role. I, um, like, I'm thankful, like Matt's never like broken a bone or something since we've been married because I'm not, I'm just not, I, I'm not a very like nurturing, affectionate person. So I don't know how I would do with it. But I think like one of the biggest things when you talk about people who are caretakers, especially if you're caretakers to your own family members, is like the power dynamic that changes, Um, especially like husband, wife, or even like kids taking care of parents. There is just a whole shift in what that relationship looks like now, because it's not like it's not equals or it's not even like a parent child relationship, like it just changes so much. So that's what I would worry about. I think if Matt ever, like, I don't know, needed me to help. So we redid our shower when like two years ago or whatever. And, and we were, he's talking about like, okay, we're going to live in this house forever. And it needs to be wide enough for you to push me in a wheelchair into the shower. (laughs) And I just like the fact that his brain went there. I, I don't know. I was like, I'm not even thinking this right now, but okay. He's like, don't you think it would be a good plan? Like, yeah, it's probably a good plan, but like, what am I going to do with you once I push you in there? I don't know. I don't really want to wheel you into there. <laughs> yeah. Nursing home is for. But so many people do. So many people have people that they take care of in home now, especially through COVID, especially through COVID. I know mm-hmm. people are doing it a lot. So, um, well, yeah. And I'll, after all the 
mess that went down with COVID in nursing homes and not being able to see your loved ones. And yeah, I feel like it'd be, it's going to get, it would be trickier too, as people get older. I think that the older we get, the more stubborn we get. So when you talk Mm -hmm. about like that relationship changing, like now if you're taking care of your parents, you're all of a sudden like flipping that role, whereas they always took care of you. Now you're taking care of them. They're probably embarrassed. They probably want to be doing more than they're able to be doing. They're stubborn. They're sick or whatever they're, you know, so that's probably talk about burnout. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and too, like when you're responsible for taking care of another human, no matter if you're like a full-time caretaker or even a parent, you, you don't prioritize taking care of yourself, right? Like you prioritize their needs over your needs. And so, so quickly people, caretakers can become ill if they're not setting boundaries and taking care of themselves. And I think that's like, I have quite a few clients who are caretakers, sometimes like to their spouse, sometimes to their parent or sometimes to their spouse and parent at the same time, which is Mm -hmm. even having like a trickier dynamic, but it feels really selfish to be like, no, I have to go do these things for me. But in all honesty, you're a better caretaker when you'll say that, you know, like you'll be healthier for those people once you're, Mm -hmm. if you're able to do that. It was interesting. All the comments that we got from our therapist, just like tidbits, I turned them all into our tips for on Tuesday. So if you want to tune in on Tuesdays, but pretty much all of them had the same underlying message of like, you need to take care of yourself. It's mm-hmm. going to be easy to forget yourself, put yourself on the back burner because it can be, I mean, it can be like a full-time job depending on the needs of the person that you're taking care of. Some of the other ones were like, find a group that you can be a yes. part of, which I know that they do exist. I feel like there's one at church, but I can't remember. Well, we is. do one. <laughs> we Maybe do one at St. Yeah. And then one at, there's one at St. Luke's, but there's a lot of I mean, they're mostly called care for the caregiver groups out there because I think the other thing about caretaking is it can be so isolating. Like it can just be you as the caretaker taking care of this person and you get to a place where like, is this normal? Is this not normal? Should I feel this way? I feel guilty for feeling this way. And so like a group dynamic helps you be like, oh no, we all feel this way. Like we're all experiencing this um, to have those similar things in common. Yeah. I don't, that's just, you're just watching somebody decline a lot of times. That's so hard. Especially if it's like your parent, you're like, I get, I mean, that's probably rewarding to be there and be a part of their like last moments, but then also hard because you know, it's like their last days that you're spending with them. And then like a spouse, if you have a spouse that's going through something too, it's just Mm -hmm. a constant reminder of what's happening, the inevitable. Well, and I think you have to go, like, you have to walk through the emotions that that person you're taking care of is experiencing too, as like, they're coming to a realization of what's going on or they're working to get better. Right. Like it can be both. Um, but like that person's going to have their own feelings about it and maybe struggle to express it some. And then you as a caretaker are going to have your own emotions. And if you're not giving yourself time to deal with it, it can become so overwhelming. It can probably also be like a thankless job too, depending Mm -hmm. on the person that you're taking care of. They may or may not regularly thank you. If you're the only one, like you're the only sibling taking care of a parent, they may not show their appreciation. And then the other thing that I'm thinking of is that after that person passes away, let's say that 
or gets better or something. Let's say that's been your like full-time job or pretty much what consumes you. Then all of a sudden you're just done. Right. Then what, and then per- what are you like, left with? Like, did you mm-hmm. like, if depending on how long you were, um, taking care of that person. I know a therapist had said, or maybe it was one of the quotes I found talking about how much caregivers give up. Like they don't have a social life. They can't always like go out at night because they don't know what could happen. And then what are they left with at the end of the day? But I'm sure that's yeah. guilty of like, I can't have a social life because what if I leave? Can I trust someone else with my husband, with my mom, with my dad, you know, with my child? I There's a lot of people I follow on Instagram that they have special needs kids and they at this one lady she makes jewelry and her son has some sort of heart something but she's never left him with anyone and so she's been there and he's like eight or nine years old mm-hmm. and like is constantly on and I can't imagine well I'm always like I have a couple clients who are caretakers right now and I'm always asking them like what is the person you're taking care of actually able to do because I think a lot of times caretakers can get in the, like you're talking about, like almost enable some things, like they're more capable than you think they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people are so fearful for going into institutions like nursing homes or stuff. Um, But sometimes they force a person to be more independent than a caretaker would. So we think there's like pros and cons on both sides. Yeah. What would you want your children to do for you? be your caretaker or put you in a nursing home? I don't know if I've ever even let my brain go there, Laura, like even think about it. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of um, benefits on quality of life on both sides of the thing. I think the fear in the nursing home is I wouldn't see my family. Like, would they come? Right. Hmm. And then the fear of being like in a home being taken care of is like, will, will I be as functional as I can be? Or like, will I let people just not push me? Does that make sense? Like, yeah. So I think there's pros and cons about both of them. I'm like, in those situations, I'm probably a little bit more like logical and like what makes the most sense financially and for my health or whatever. Um, but we have these talks all the time in my family because my, um, sister has like a mother-in-law suite in her house. And so Mm -hmm. I'm always like, oh, you guys have it made. Like, I'm good. You can go live there when you get older (laughs) and we'll take care of you. (laughs) We'll step by Um, and visit. (laughs) Yeah. I think I would get personally, like, I like my independence. So I think that's what I'll butt up against as I get older and not able to do as much. What about yeah. you? Where do you want to, what do you, do you want to be? I don't know. I hope Jesus comes back before that time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know. It's tricky. My grandma's 90 years old and still lives on her own. Still. Really? <laughs> My uncle moved up closer to her before, prior to this. She was like, had some relatives, but good friends, but like oldest or closest kids were like a couple hours away. But I don't know. I feel like I'd be in the way. Yeah, at someone's house, but I also saw a grandma in a nursing home, and those are not. I don't know if I'd want to be there either. <laughs> I think I it's no harder. Solution. I yeah, I don't know that there's a great solution. I think too when I've worked with caretakers, like expect if they're a family member. Now there's jobs of people who are caretakers, right? And so that's probably a better scenario because like you can only work so many hours and then you go home. Um, 
But I think when you're in the grind of it and like doing all the physical work, you don't stop and let yourself like look at the emotional effects of being a caregiver or even recognize that we usually start mourning people that are dying before they die. So mm-hmm. there is a whole bunch of emotional pieces, I think, that go on there that's really difficult. Um, and like you said, it becomes your whole life taking care of somebody. And then once they are gone or better, what do you do? Like mm-hmm. I've walked with people who have caretaken, then they're like, this is too much and I need to put them in a home. And they put them in a home and then like, what do they do with all their time? Everything's different and change, you know? I don't yeah. think we talk about it enough too when people pass or go into nursing homes, like the people they were living with, everything is different. Yeah. There was somebody I was caring for full-time in my house and now they're gone and everything is different. Um, yeah. And they're not just mourning the loss mm-hmm. of the loved one. They're mourning the loss of a lot more than that. Right. Well, and even like guilt too, for like things that had gone on or not being as responsive as you wanted to, I think we can always find things to feel guilty about, but I think it's really important that, um, like we just recognize some of those feelings. That's what groups do, right? Some of those feelings are like, oh, you feel guilty too. Then I don't feel bad for feeling guilty. Like it's just Mm -hmm. a normal feeling that everybody does. It's probably a lot like parenting. You feel some days you're like, oh, I rock that. I mean, mm-hmm. parenting is caregiving just in a different way, but I'm sure like if you're taking care of your parent or your spouse and they're like deteriorating and they're becoming a different person, that has to be so hard because you like as a parent of young children, I have certain expectations, but then I have to like pull myself back and remind myself that they're not at my level of understanding. Right. But when you're a caretaker, you're like taking care of an adult. So you're like, well, they should get this, but they don't because Mm -hmm. they're not totally there. So I'm sure it's easy to get frustrated. Well, and I think it's just like, it slowly creeps in their decline too. So it's almost like my kids are like huge, right? Like so tall. And if I haven't seen a family member in a while and they comment on it, I'm like, oh yeah, they have grown a lot. But in the Mm -hmm. day to day of it, you're like, what? Like this is, you know, so like when you're sitting there with it, you don't see the decline as much as when you walk out and you come back in. Um, but that's a whole emotional piece that goes on. I think for caregivers, whenever I'm meeting with them, I'm like, have you talked to somebody outside of your house and have you exercised and have you like left your home? I think that's Mm -hmm. a lot of people who have people that live in their home that they care for. If your full-time job is there, then you're never leaving the house and you're never like interacting with the rest of the world. Yeah. That's a lot of what the therapist said too, of just find time for yourself. Someone mm-hmm. I like this one was choose an activity that you enjoy each day of the week that begins with the same letter of the week. So like Wednesday, you go for a walk outside. Tuesday, oh. you could have like tea tacos. or something. So that's <laughs> way it's like, ooh, tacos. Yeah. <clears throat> so that way it's like more intentional. Mm-hmm. And then just to not feel guilty about doing it because- it's like the whole illustration of, you know, you got to put on your own oxygen mask before you help others. And if you're not getting the oxygen, are you really helping those people? Yeah. But I feel like in COVID and even like coming out of COVID now, so many people, if you were a caregiver, 
you are so afraid to leave the home, interact with other people because you might bring something, like catch something and bring it back to that person you were caregiving for. So there was this kind of piece where we almost like people got locked in for longer mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. their own health deteriorated emotionally because they had no interaction. I mean, the same thing with the whole rest of the world. I get it. But I feel like there was that really stronger fear and there still is now of like, I can't leave and go interact with other people. It's just so isolating. Yeah. And I, there's, Mm -hmm. um, we work a lot with the Haven and, and just older adults in there. I think there's a dynamic in married couples where it's hard to Sometimes it's hard to recognize that you've become the caregiver because you don't want the rest of the family to know how much decline maybe your spouse is having. Hmm. So that initial like coming to terms of like, here's what they're actually capable of doing. And here's how I've been helping them. Like being able to say that out loud at times, I think is really hard for people. Yeah. Cause you're admitting something mm-hmm. that's maybe not so positive or that you want to be admitting. Right. And even just saying like, I'm hit, like I've moved into a caregiver role instead of this like equal spouses role. That's a, that's hard for a lot of people too. Yeah. And I'm sure it's hard too, if it's like the female, the wife taking care of the husband, just like gender roles. And I mean, Mm -hmm. you think just the older generation now was more the man was the provider and women stayed home. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important sometimes to like reach out to family, but then also like ask for help. I was working with this one couple, older couple, and he was really declining and he needed to stop paying the bills, but she wasn't like totally tech savvy enough to kind of jump on board. And I'm like, well, you just need to call your, you know, your son or your daughter and they can do it for you. And they're like, how are they going to write the checks and mail them? And I was like, oh, honey, we, we've improved technology, even if they don't live in your state, they can still figure out ways to pay your bills. Yeah. But it is sometimes like you hit those stumbling blocks of like, we've always done it this way and it's going to have to be a real big change and it's not, not comfortable at all. Yeah. So many cultures, like it is the expectation, right? That you will live with your kids and they'll take care of you. Like, I think it's almost like, and in the, in America, we don't have that as much, but like you, you look at a lot of cultures and that's what they do. Like that's an expectation that you're going to even pay for parents care, or they're going to move in with you. It's like your responsibility as a parent. And so I think it's been going on for a while, right. Throughout the world that we take care of our parents or our spouses, but in America, it's become a little bit different. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I would agree. I, you know, there's when I went on a mission trip to Guatemala and given it was like a much poorer country, but they would all just live together. Right. Like, everyone was together. And it was in a house that was like a fraction of the size of mine, but it was just like, so family was just so important. Like it wasn't weird to be like, oh, I just got married. Hey mom, move in. You know, like that was mm-hmm. just the way life was. So it's not so much that here now. And so I think because like in my family is it didn't like generations back, we didn't like live with our parents and take care of them. So we haven't even taught them, like we haven't taught people how to do it well. Does that make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like in like Hispanic cultures, there's a little bit more of an expectation of that. So we don't, 
butt up against this caregiver burnout because it's not just put on one person. It's like the whole family. But now I think in like American culture, it's like become one person's responsibility. And then we don't know how to help that person who's the caretaker effectively. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why you kind of had pulled out this topic for this month to focus on one, because it's not these, this population is not very talked about. Yeah. And it's just something that you do if you're put in that position. I don't know if that, I don't know if that, that makes sense, but like someone's got to do it. Someone has to care for someone. I guess they don't have to, but it's okay, just but like, it's kind of been like my devotional thing of like, so we just find the need and then we just do it and we charge ahead and like physically we take care of it all. But like emotionally, we don't like pause to be like, holy crap, that was a lot. Like, yeah, this is really overwhelming. And I think that's what caretakers do a lot of like, oh my gosh, they need help. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. But then I don't stop and be like, oh, how am I? Like, I haven't said like my parents dying I've just charged ahead and taken care of them as they've declined you know it's mm-hmm. like we don't let our emotions cut up catch up with the physical things that we're doing yeah and that's not getting any easier in the world that we live in I feel like we're just so rushed so whether you're a caregiver or not just to stop and evaluate what is right. going on why you're feeling certain ways why you're irritable why whatever and talking about it and Instead most of, of the caregivers I work with would be like, but who has time to like stop and do that? And then you're like, and that is why you're burnt out. Yep. <laughs> um, I think that's, we like touched on it. It just is probably one of those things where you just feel guilty for taking that time though, because you're dealing mm-hmm. like you're, when you're a parent, you're ter- caretaking of kids. But for the most part, they're healthy and thriving. So if you're going to take a hot second for yourself, it's not that big of a deal. You might feel a little guilty when you have like a girl's night or whatever. But as a caretaker, that person is in a little more fragile position that to take that time for yourself, you're like, oh, I don't know what could happen. So what about tips for like what people, what people can do to help caregivers, not just help the person that's declining? Do you have any of those from therapists or no? Um, Not too many. I like this one. Even the helper can use, even the helper can use a helper too, who helps you. Mm -hmm. I think that's the piece that caregivers aren't great about asking for help. That's where you have to be vulnerable. And I, that's tricky. You don't want to admit that you're weak. I, you want to be Mm -hmm. able to handle it all. And, but there's gotta, if you put on a strong front, people aren't going to necessarily know that you're burnt out. So you kind of have to be open about that. It reminds me of the story of Mary and Martha. And I always get confused which one did what, but the one that just like charged ahead and cleaned everything up and then kind of got bitter that nobody was helping her but she didn't like pause to ask for help. You know, like it's that, I think there is this dynamic where we just kind of charge ahead. Um, But I think when I work with caregivers, like one of the best things to offer a caregiver is like, Hey, let me come and sit with your spouse or whoever. And you go run your errands because I can't tell you how many people that I meet with that are caregivers 
try to go out and like do their grocery shopping and run their errands as fast as they can while the person who they're caretaking for is calling them needing more. So Mm -hmm. like if you would just go and sit with that person so that caretaker can actually leave and run errands and be fully present in what they're doing and not worried about what's going on back at home, I think that would be like one of the best ways at times to help caretakers. Yeah. And if you're all on your own, it'd probably be important for you to have a friend or if you're one of many siblings to say, Hey, I will take this responsibility, but also like you need to take a shift or something. Or if you're the only one in town, you need to come into town for a week and (laughs) give me a break. And let me go. Right. Yeah. Because I think most people are like, well, let me come spend time for with you or let me take you out to lunch. And I think what most caretakers want, yes, they need that social interaction. I'm not downplaying it, but they also need like the alone time without the weight of the anxiety and worry about the person they've left alone for a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other, the other ones I looked up was like, um, you need to laugh like find, find things that are mm-hmm. funny and humorous and put your brain somewhere else. So you can get like a good laugh. I don't remember where we were, we were at a church conference or whatever. And somebody had a whole table that they did laughing yoga, like mm-hmm. just yoga where you laugh the whole time. But, um, again, I think just like a stress reliever. Yeah. Find the moments of joy. There probably isn't as many moments of joy in caretaking. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder, I would say. I wish I had more to add on to this topic. I'll be very honest. I just, it's tricky for me because I don't counsel people that are in it. And I just have never been in the direct position of it, but I see the significance in them. Right. But I think, you know, those like my grandma gets older. It's like, well, who's going to take care of her? And then you think is like your parents are getting older like what are the next steps? So it's like on your mind, but it's just never been, or like just watching family members get sick and see what their spouses are doing, those kind of things. So it's on my mind. It's just, I've just never been directly in that position. And I feel like caretakers do kind of fly under the radar because it's just like, Oh, they're taking care of them. Yeah. But you and so many, I think are in the same boat. Like I haven't been directly exposed to it, but have a lot of clients that just struggle because of you know, taking care of people. So I think it's a hard one to talk about because you only kind of hit it at a certain phase of life, unless something like drastic happens in your family, you really Mm -hmm. not till kind of later in life. Do you even get confronted with it? Yeah. And, but so many out there are struggling in that way. Yeah. So what tips, how would you wrap it up. What tips would you give? Um, people who are caretakers for family members need to be connected to a group and need to have time away to self-care. So if you know somebody that's in that scenario, especially through the holiday season, I'd encourage you to like be the one to come and let, like, give them a break, like give them a little respite. Um, but also know and understand, like, as you invite them to things, there's a whole bunch of challenges they have to overcome to even attend things through the holidays, um, which is not easy. So 
I think it's more about like being present and checking in and noticing them. Um, true caretakers are not going to reach out themselves. So you've got to kind of reach in. That would be my, yeah, wrap up thought. What about you? I think I'd probably veer more towards, I don't, I feel like it's an underlying theme of like, you don't know the situation that everyone is in. So I cannot Mm -hmm. relate to a caretaker because I've never been one. So I don't know. So like if they say no to coming to things or if I keep inviting them and they say, keep saying no, there's probably a reason for that. And I shouldn't be offended and I just need to be aware of what's happening. And then also how I can help. I love that you brought up just offering to spend time with the person so they could just have time away. I mean, given you'd probably as a friend, you'd probably want to spend more time with the said caregiver, but if it could help their mental health and after the person passes, you know, that that person will be, have more of her routine back or their routine back. But in the meantime, how Mm -hmm. can you help out? I know this when, when, after Lucy was born, I was just not in a good place. And I had a friend that she was like, I'm going to bring lunch over. She just texted. She's like, I'm going to stop by Publix. I'll bring some lunch over. And so then we we're eating lunch. And I, I'll be honest when she texts, I was like, I don't want her to come over. Like, I'm so tired. I'm just worn out. Right. But then she was like, Hey, why don't you go get Christian? And I'll stay with Lucy. We'll just stay at your house and then you can go pick him up from school. And, and I'll, I'll just stay here. And I had just had alone. T- I like literally got in the car and just started crying because there's just like alone time and just a break and whatever. And it was just like, the biggest thing, but that's like, as a mother too, you don't feel like you can ask for help. It's just, mm-hmm. you need to do it. So it's just like one of those things of like, even if they're not asking, you need to, you need to push. Do like that's what your friend that. did. Like she pushed, you know? So I think caretakers are always going to be more resistant to you offering help. And so you just have to say, I'm coming, doing it, making you leave. Yeah. Like, I think and if it's they, just like, you have to push. And if they don't leave, sitting there and maybe helping in whatever way you can of like, Oh, well, let me clean this up or let me do your dishes or let me do this or something. Mm -hmm. So they don't have as much on their to-do list. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. So find a caregiver. Find a caregiver. Yep. Find a caregiver, check in on them, um, push your way in and give them a break because we all need, um, we all need time being held accountable to our own self-care and so sometimes until somebody calls it out puts a nice little mirror in front of your face you won't do it so thanks for joining us we'll be back soon with another episode of it's okay to not be okay